See, most of us have a tendency to only believe what we understand. Yet throughout God's word, we've been told that if we believe, he'd help us understand. I've had people over the years say, preacher, you talk about all these miracles. Will you show me a miracle? And I'll believe. But God always says, no, if you just believe, you'll become my first miracle. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Living a faith-filled life. I have been pastoring for a long, long time, and One of the greatest struggles that I hear people tell me all the time is, Pastor, how do I live a life of faith? Because they they hear people, they get around people, and and we talk, well, I'm faith in it. I'm walking by faith. And some people just scratch their heads. What the heck does that mean? What does it mean? If I don't know if I'm living a faith-filled life, does that mean I'm not living a faith-filled life? Over the next few weeks, I want to talk about that. I, I was praying you know, about what we're going to do and, and uh, the direction. And I really, I really felt that in, in 2018, we need to begin things as we did and then help folks <clears throat> grab this understanding of what does it mean to live a faith-filled life. <coughs> Years ago, God gave me kind of this, this little understanding, and I've, I've said it, I, I, if I've said it a Once I've said it a thousand times. And I left it in your notes. Faith is believing. Believing is accepting. And accepting is receiving. So let me say it again. Faith is believing. Believing is accepting. And accepting is receiving. And receiving is what we do when we have faith in God. So let me just very simply, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down a little bit bigger as we go. But faith is very simply, and it's in your notes, church. It's in your notes. Faith is very simply acting upon your belief in what God has said. When you read God's word and you apply God's word to your life, then you are acting. You are faithing. You are trusting. In the Greek, the word trust, belief, and faith all come from the same Greek word. They all come from the same understanding. As we get into our text, I'll expound a little bit more. But here is the truth. 
that happens is there are many people who have religion, but they have no faith. They have religion, but they have no faith. They have a creed, something that they they stick to and they believe in. You know, we sang the Apostles' Creed this morning. But sadly, in the Christian church, a lot of times the creed has just become something we memorized. I remember my wife and I were raised in Catholicism, and we didn't use the Bible. We used what we called missiles. They were little little booklets were basically expositions of God's Word, okay? And, and they were paraphrases. They were different things about the life of Paul and different things like that. And I'm not saying that we didn't, as, as I got further along, when I was first uh, in Catholicism, the, the preacher would be up there and everything he did was Latin. Well, folks, it was Latin to me. I couldn't understand a thing he said, but it, but it you know, sounded pretty. We have the creed, but we have no belief. So what am I saying? When we have religion but no faith, creed but no belief, we actively are not trusting God. To have faith means to have trust. To have trust means to have belief. To have belief means to have faith. Why do we have this struggle? I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But here's the issue why it's okay to to have a religion with no faith and a creed with no belief is because it simply doesn't make sense to believe or to act upon something you don't understand. I mean, what is all this walking on water stuff? What is all this turning water into wine? What is all this stuff? And I remember a true story that I read about a, a, a man that was an alcoholic for all of his life. Well, not all of his life, but most of his adult life. And he would go to work. He drank so much, and his blood alcohol level was so high, he could go to work and work just like everybody else with the blood alcohol level to probably kill most of us. Well, one day the guy came to work, and he was stone sober. And everybody at work said, you know, what happened to you? And he said, I met Jesus. And the whole place, as many of your works would do, they'd go, oh, yeah, well, got religion, did you? And so this one, this one kind of educated guy, this, this guy that had a belief but no faith or a religion but no faith, he'd come up to him and said, okay, so you know Jesus. So tell me, how old was Jesus when he died? When did Jesus walk on the water? When did he raise the dead? How about turning water into wine? Tell me. And the guy said, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. He said, oh, so this is the guy who has found faith. And the man looked at the guy and said, you know what? I don't know about any of these things. I don't know about Jesus turning water into wine. But in my house, he turned beer into furniture. Folks, God talks about believing even when common sense tells you not to. There are too many that let what they don't understand affect what they already know. And so today... I want to get into this understanding. What does it mean to live a life of faith? Years and years ago, there was an old boy that went to the barber shop. And he went to the barber shop because he was getting unruly looking and, and he was getting <clears throat> kind of gangly looking in his appearance. 
So he went to the barber shop to get himself trimmed up and, and shaped up and straightened up. And, and he went to the barber shop and he was uh, talking to the barber. And you know how you do when you get into a barber's chair. You talk about all kinds of stuff. And, and they talked about, you know, world politics. They talked about, you know, world examples and world this and world that. Well, all of a sudden the subject gets to the topic of God. Well, the barber immediately spoke up and said, well, I don't believe that God exists. And the man just sat back and said, well, incredulously, why, why do you say that? And he said, well, just go outside. Go in the street and look at the people. If God existed, there wouldn't be so many sick people. There wouldn't be so many people abandoned. There wouldn't be so much struggle. There wouldn't be no, if there, if there really was a God, the suffering and the pain in the world, I can't imagine a loving God that would allow this. Well, the man's sitting in the barber chair and he's listening to him and he didn't want to respond. After all, the barber had the razor in his hand. He didn't want to set an argument. He didn't want to set things in disorder. So he just quietly listened and, and, and let the barber finish his job. And, and he got up, paid him, and right away left the shop. Well, after he left the shop, he walked out in the street and he saw a man with stringy hair. He saw a man that was dirty and untrimmed in his beard. So immediately the man looked at that and revelation came to him. He walked right back into the barber shop and he said, you know something? I don't believe barbers exist. The barber looked at him once again incredulously and said, what do you mean? I, I just worked on you. I'm your barber. You know, you came in here, and I got you all fixed up, and, and I'm here, and I'm the barber, and I just worked on you. And the man said, no, 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 no. I do not believe barbers exist. He said, if they did, there wouldn't be people in the streets with dirty, long hair, with untrimmed beards, and all disarrayed. Just like the man standing outside the barber shop. And the barber thought he had it on him. He said, oh, but, but barbers do exist. That's what happens when people do not come to me. To where the man said, that's exactly my point. God, too, does exist. And all that you have just articulated is the result of people not going to him for help and their life. That's why there's so much pain and struggling in the world. Can somebody say amen? amen? Faith is believing when common sense tells us not to. A.W. Pink, a great Puritan writer of years and years ago, he made this statement. He said, faith is the principle of life by which a Christian lives unto God. It is the principle of motion by which a man and a woman walks into heaven along this highway called holiness. It is the principle of strength by which we oppose the flesh, the world, and the devil. Faith, this understanding that most in Christendom just don't understand. Now, now hear this before I go too much further. Faith makes things possible. It doesn't make 
them easy. Faith is the hardest thing to comprehend, but it's the only thing that God will accept. Okay? Let me say it again. A lot of people, they walk around and say, well, you know, if you just had a little more faith, you wouldn't be going through that. That's a bunch of hogwash, folks. There's no place in the Bible that says just because you are living a faith-filled life, you won't have struggles. Now, I'm going to get into Hebrews 11 here in just a second, which we call the Faith Hall of Fame. Oh, man, we love it. We love it. The problem is, is we love the first part. The last part we have a problem with. Because it said, many who lived by faith died horrible deaths. How does that work? How can you live a faith-filled life and still have struggles? I want you to understand something, and I left in your notes. God's promises are not made to those of strong faith. God's promises are made to those of true faith. Very simply, walking by faith, ladies and gentlemen, prepares us or enables us to be able to believe where we're not permitted to see. Walking by faith, even if I can't see it, I can still believe it. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to start there with verse 38, and then I'm going to read down to Hebrews 11:6. Okay? Starting Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. I want you to read this very first line with me. The very first line that goes to the period. It goes like this. Everybody together. But my righteous one will live by faith. Okay, now that you got it, let's do it again. But my righteous one will live by faith. On Wednesday night, we've been talking about the breastplate of righteousness. God gave us righteousness through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. He made us righteousness righteous because he put sin on Christ and put righteousness on us. He put us in right relationship with him. Now, look what it says here once again, and I'll read it to you. My righteous one, who's he talking to? Every one of us. We like to spiritualize it. We'd like to, you know, uh, uh, make it some kind of ethereal kind of scenario that God's talking about. No, very specifically, my righteous one, you and me. And there's a, there's a four-letter word there, W-I-L-L. What is it? Will. It's an imperative. It's something that we must do. My righteous one will live by faith. How the heck do I live by faith when I don't even know what it means? Well, I'm glad you're asking because we're going to talk about it. Matter of fact, he says if you shrink back, you pull back, you turn back, he said, I'll have no pleasure in you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, one of, the, one of our favorite passages in all, the, all, all of the Bible says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation. I, I like the way it read. Okay, so New Living Translation, Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. That kind of puts a new twist on it, doesn't it? Not a change at all, but just a little bit of difference in the, in, in the way that it's laid out there. Let me say it again. Okay, faith is the confidence 
that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So what are you saying, Pastor? You're saying, if it's not happening and I don't see it, I can still believe it? I have just defined faith. It is confidence. I'm going to keep breaking this down a little bit this morning. Okay, and I know this is Sunday morning church and it's supposed to be rah, rah, rah. rah. Well, folks, I believe it's growing time. Can somebody say amen? amen? Okay. This, in your notes, and in Hebrews chapter 11 too, look at what it says here. This is what the ancients were commended for. Who are the ancients? Moses, Abraham, Noah, Elijah. Before we were told to walk by faith in, Hebrew, in, in Corinthians, before we were told to walk by faith in Romans, the Bible says the ancients were commended for what? Faith. Though from Genesis to Malachi, you don't see faith. You see belief. You see trust. And when you see belief and trust correlated, it says righteousness was accredited to them because they believed, because they trusted. Look what it says here. This is what the angels were commended for. Now watch how it breaks down. By faith, say that with me. By faith, we understand. I could stop the whole sermon right there. By faith, we understand. By faith. Well, I mean, Pastor, I don't understand this. By faith, I understand. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. By faith, I understand. Okay? What's he say? That the universe was created by God. At God's command. So that what is seen was made out of not what was not visible. Everything was made for nothing. You say, Pastor, it sounds like the Big Bang. Well, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. God spoke, bang, it was there. <laughs> okay, well, you know, however you want to. <laughs> okay. Some of you will get that when you leave here. You say, well, what was, what was that about? By faith, remember we talked about the ancients? By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, he lived a life and didn't see all the promises, but he knew they were there. And he lived his life as if they were. I'm talking about living a life of faith. Let's look at this. Most, uh, most of the uh, uh, pre-tribulationists and people that believe in the rapture and stuff like that believe that the two witnesses of Revelation are Enoch and Elijah because they are the only two in all of Scripture that did not see physical death. The Bible says that God miraculously translated them, took them. Okay, here's one passage that you can look at. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, look at this, so that he did not experience death. Now, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, it's appointed unto man once to die and after this. Everybody has to die, folks. 
This mortal has to put on immortality. This corruptible has to put on incorruption. So all of us will go through that, 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 that door called death in one form or another. It says that he did not experience death. He could not be found. Why? Because God took him. I imagine that day, because Enoch, you know, is walking with God, and all of a sudden, hey, God, what do you think? Oh, you know, Enoch, you, man, you love me so much. I wish there was everybody else in the world. You know, they're just walking along, and Enoch's talking to God, and, and all of a sudden, Enoch looks at God and said, God, what are you doing? He said, why don't you come to my house and spend the day? There is no night in heaven, so Enoch's been spending the day ever since. Can somebody say Amen. And God took him, okay? By faith, Enoch was taken. And then let me take you to chapter to verse 6. Without faith, without faith, you can't please God. And here is the first problem, is those that come to God must first believe that he is. You have to believe in someone you've never seen. That you can live what you've never lived. That you can accomplish what you've never accomplished. To become what you've never been. You have to believe that He exists. And that He rewards those who commit their life to Him. The diligence, the earnestness to living for Him. You see, we have a choice, ladies and gentlemen. And that choice is very simply, if we're going to live a faith-filled life, we have to come to grips with this simple reality. Trust God and His goodness and love and live in hope or turn from Him and live in bitterness and despair. Doesn't sound like much of a choice, does it? Anybody would say, well, I take the first one. You can only have the first one by faith. The other one, you can just wake up tomorrow morning and say, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to live a bummer life. Look at somebody and say, I've been doing that long enough. It's time to get back. It's time to return. See, we have to come to a place that we stop demanding, I have to understand what God is doing and why He is doing it. Don't look at me like that. I know some of you talk that way. I, God, I've got to have it. Well, you know how gracious God is? After airing all your complaints, asking and demanding that God acts, God says, okay, that's great. I'm glad you did that. You feel better. Now will you trust me? Now will you trust me? Even though you don't understand, will you trust me? You see, why is living a life of faith so difficult? Okay? And it's on the screen. I wanted to put it up there. Why is living the life of faith so difficult? Number one, ladies and gentlemen, because the sinful mind is contrary to God. This fleshly mind, because we live in a sin-filled, deprived world, our mind, our reasoning, our concepts are all hostile to God. And we do not want to submit to what and who we don't understand. You find that in Romans chapter 8, verse 7. So what must we do? You say, Pastor, is it that simple? Much, much so, yes, ladies and gentlemen, very, very simple. And we find the simple response in Proverbs 3, 5. You know what it says? What do we have to do to resolve this? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. 
But in everything you do, in everything you do, acknowledge him. And he said, all that garbage, I'll straighten it out. See, most of us have a tendency to only believe what we understand. Yet throughout God's word, we've been told that if we believe, he'd help us understand. I've had people over the years say, preacher, you talk about all these miracles. You show me a miracle, and I'll believe. Well, God always says, no, if you just believe, you'll become my first miracle. See, the Bible doesn't say Faith comes by reading the Word of God. See, a lot of people say, well, preacher, I don't, I don't have to go to church. And, and you're right. To become a Christian, you don't have to go to church. But if you don't go to church, you will not stay a Christian. You will. Well, bless God, I'm stronger than that. You're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> How do you really feel about that, preacher? <laughs> Folks, God's word says, go to church. He didn't create the church just because he wanted to own real estate. Matter of fact, in Hebrews, ten, he said, don't forsake assembling together especially as you see the day of my return approaching. You say, Pastor, why'd you call us? Why'd you call people an idiot? Sorry. If you think you're stronger by yourself than what you are in doing what God's word says, what would the definition of that be? Please dissect that from the tape, if you would, please. It doesn't work that way, Kathy? No? Okay, we won't. Yes, it is okay. So we'll move on here. By faith, we understand that everything that is was formed out of everything that wasn't. So what does it really mean to believe? The word belief, as I shared already, is synonymous with the word trust. After World War II, they were going in, cleaning up, and uh, looking for different things. And, and in this, on this wall in Germany, they found these words scribbled into the concrete. And the words very simply were, I believe in the sun, even when it's not shining. I believe in love, even when I don't feel it. And I believe in God even when he's silent. To live a life of faith. And I'm, I'm going to start putting the nuts and bolts together here today. To live a life of faith means to be governed by divine persuasion. To live a life of faith means to be governed by divine persuasion. You see, folks, faith is always a gift from God. You cannot conjure it up. You cannot produce it. 
You cannot go to the church and get it. It is something God produces in you. Are you with me today? In short, faith for the believer is simply defined as God's divine persuasion believed. Therefore, distinct from human belief and or confidence, though they are both part of it, because we have to confidently stand in faith, God, day in and day out, says that he births faith in the yielded believer. From faith unto faith, God is continually building in our lives so that they know what he prefers literally because they have made it a habit of yielding to his persuasion. Listen to what I'm saying. A lot of times people, they, they get to a place, and, I, and please, 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 please. I'm a man of few words, and sometimes they're not the correct words. Okay, but political correctness, I'm not real great at. Is everybody okay with that? Okay, this side of the church is okay with that. How about this side of the church? You okay you got non-politically correct preacher? They need more persuasion over here. Uh, Are you really okay? Okay. You and I know what to do even before we do it. The reason we struggle with what we do or don't do is not because we don't know, because we don't want. Hi, Carol. Let me say it again. I know what to do. Do you know the last time I did wrong? I knew I was doing it when I was doing it. I know that. Just, just me. Did you say, when was that? Just this morning. No, I'm just Okay. <laughs> Folks, we know the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in faith is who we yield to. Do we yield to what we know or do we yield to what we feel? Mm, that's worth the price of admission right there. God births faith in every situation when a believer is yielded. Let me, let me, let me take you through this. First John 5, 3 through 4. Look, look what it says here. Loving God means keeping his commandments. Well, I thought the commandments were done away with. Not in my Bible. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. It means I actually like living for God. 2 Corinthians 5, 6. And I want you to grab this because this is one of those favorite scriptures that we love. We walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah, it's a great verse to memorize. But do we really understand it? Look at the context. Therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as I'm Here on this earth, in this body, I'm away from the Lord physically. 
And then that's where Paul says those famous words. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. It would be great if it ended there, but it doesn't. You see what the rest of it says? Look at this if we continue on. So because we are absent from the Lord and in this body, we make it our goal to please Him. Walking by faith means I'm making it my goal to please Him. Am I making sense this morning? Okay, walking by faith. And then it goes on to say, look at this, whether I'm home in the body or away from it, because I understand all of us are going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, let me correlate here. Judgment seat of Christ is for Christians. Great white throne judgment, non-Christians. There's two judgment seats. One Jesus sits on judging the Christians for what they did in their bodies as it goes on there to say good and bad. Great right throne judgment, that's God. God's sitting there. You do not want to be in front of that judgment. Well, maybe they made a mistake. God don't make mistakes, folks. Okay? So you see, this is all in context. We walk by faith. We walk by God's persuasion, applying God's word, because I know I'm going to give account for my life one day. So because I understand that, ladies and gentlemen, it's a whole lot easier for me to take God's word and say, okay, I need to start living this thing. Are are you with me this morning? Am I making sense? Okay. Am I making it plain? Come on, Hensley, where you at? I'm trying to make it plain. Okay. Am I... Let's, let's go on here. My righteous one, our text says, will live by faith. It's not a suggestion. It is a declaration. Believing is knowing what God has said is true. But why do so many Christians put a question mark where God puts a period? Why do we do that? Why do we question, God, is this really for me? Ladies and gentlemen, if it's in God's word, it's for you. It's for me. Believing is an action word. What does it really mean to believe? It is an action word. It means I'm doing something. I am taking God at his word. I'm trusting that what God said is true. James chapter 2, look what it says here. It says very simply, once again, one of these one of these uh, scriptures that we know, but we really don't fully understand. Look what it says. Faith by itself if not accompanied by action, is dead. Have you ever met somebody that called themselves a Christian but are not living a Christian life? That is a man or a woman that's not living by faith. Now, I'm not talking about those that call themselves a Christian and struggle and make mistakes and then repent and return, which is what repentance means. I'm talking about those that the Bible says They've convinced themselves in their heads they're okay and their lives don't have to live differently. Faith without works is dead. Someone will say, well, I have faith. Another will say, well, I have deeds. And he said, well, guys, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by deeds. He said, 
You say you believe there is one God. That's good. And then I love this next line. The demons in hell believe, and they shudder. You hear what the Scripture is saying? He's saying, we walk by faith and not by sight. My life needs to line up with God's Word. The works of my life. I don't work to be saved, but I do the works God created me for after I'm saved. That's living a life of faith. That's walking a life of faith. This is the picture of belief. So what does it mean to accept what I say I believe? There's something the Lord taught me years and years ago, and it is very simply, I wrote it down for you. Doubt is the product of unbelief. And unbelief is the product of uncertainty. And uncertainty is a product of fear. And fear is simply the product of the unknown. Let me say it again. Doubt is a product of unbelief. Unbelief is simply the product of uncertainty. Uncertainty is the product of fear. And fear is the product of the unknown. There's an acronym out there very, very widely used. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Well, some people use it as fear everything and run. I like it, face everything and rise. This is what men and women of faith do. They face everything and rise, even when they don't understand what they're facing. So many want so much from God, but they get so little. And the reason is very simple. We never will receive from God what we don't first accept is God. Pastor, how do I know if it's God? It will always line up with God's word. It will always line up with God's word. How do I know the job I am doing is God? Does it draw you closer to God or take you further from God? Well, how's a job do that? Very simply, you're doing your job and you're working as unto the Lord. And now the company says you can't do that. You can't work godly. You can't work. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm not talking about doing that. But you have to work illegally, unrighteously, ungodly. Well, you're in the wrong job. Okay? It doesn't matter what it is. You say, well, Pastor, what if I'm in a relationship to where my wife doesn't believe or my husband doesn't believe? Well, folks, people get in those kind of relationships all the time. They shouldn't because the Bible tells us not to, but we do. You say, well, do, well, bless God, that means I need to leave her. <laughs> Whoa. That's not what it means at all. It means by your faith, God will change her because of the life you live. Because of the life she lives, the life he lives. Am I making any sense today? We show our life exemplifies what we accept that God is doing. By the actions of our life, we put into life what God has given us to live. 
we walk that way. We talk that way. We stand that way. We, we exude a life of faith. When somebody talks about all the bad that's going on, yeah, there's, there's bad stuff going on, but God is still good. How do you deal with what you're dealing with, God? How do you get through what you're getting through, God? How do you face what you're facing, God? I remember reading a story one time. There's this little church in Alabama, and this little church was, was praying for the rain. There was a drought. There was a bad drought, and it had been going on for months and months and months and months. And all of a sudden, the, the pastor stood up one Sunday and said, Folks, we're going to believe God for rain. And so the church was all excited, and, and he, the pastor set a date for the 21st of, of the next month. They were going to pray and, and, and seek God for a month. And on the 21st, they were going to climb up on the hill back behind the church. And all of a sudden, the 21st came around. Everybody's excited, and the pastor's there, and he's walking up at the top of the hill, and he's looking around. And he's kind of getting a little irritated. He's walking up the top of that hill, and he's looking around. And he walked up there, and he said, you all say you have faith. Where's your umbrellas? Faith without works. Folks, we have to believe that he is. First and foremost, we got to believe and accept what he said he would do. Am I making any sense today? There was an atheist that got together with all of his atheist friends and they hired a lawyer. And they got all mad at the system. And they went to court to fight the system. And the atheist was there and he went before the judge in Florida. And he said, through the lawyer, there's great discrimination inflicted upon all the atheists because of the constant celebration afforded to Christians and Jews of their holidays. And atheists have no holiday to celebrate, so this is truly a sign of discrimination. Well, the case was brought before the judge, and the judge listened passionately or listened uh, to the passionate presentation by the lawyer. And when the lawyer is done, the judge dropped his gavel, case dismissed. The lawyer immediately stood up and said, what do you mean? Objecting? You're dismissing the case? Your honor, how can you possibly do this? Christians have Christmas, Easter, have, and many other holidays. Jews have Passover, Yom Kippur, Hanukkah. My client and all the atheists of America, they have no holiday. Well, the judge leans forward over his podium and said, obviously, your client is too confused to even know about much less celebrate his own atheist holiday. The lawyer pompously said, your honor, we're none, we are unaware of any such holiday for atheists. Just when might that holiday be, your honor? Well, the judge said, well, it comes every year on exactly the same date, April 1st. 
And since the calendar sets April 1st as April Fool's Day, we must consider what the psalmist wrote. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Thus so, in my opinion, your client says there is no God. He is a fool. So April 1st, April Fool's Day is their holiday. Court dismissed. Folks, we can explain away anything that we don't want to believe, but the fact you can't explain away anything because you choose not to believe. John 14 says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust God, trust in me also. James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 says, you, uh, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one that doubts is like the wave of the sea tossed to and fro. He said, don't let that person think he's going to receive anything from God. Folks, we got to believe God is and that God rewards. And so my life is lived under that persuasion. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Well, let me change that for a second, folks. God said it. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. That settles it. Man, this is good preaching. I'm glad I came today. See, God is not the one causing evil. The Bible says in James 1 that men, when drawn away of their own evil desires, are the ones that cause evil. Back to our text. As the worship team comes, it says, my righteous one will live by faith. Walking by faith very simply means living life in light of eternal consequences. It means I'm going to live for God and fear him more than I'm going to live for man and fear him. It means that whenever the Bible conflicts with man's commands, I'm going to choose righteousness over sin. No matter the cost, to trust God in every circumstance and to believe God's rewards for those who seek him, regardless of what the world or anyone or myself says, to have faith, I have to believe, accept, and then and only then will I receive. Now, faith. Now, faith. You see, folks, faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Faith never has been nor ever will be about not believing God can. Faith is always about believing God will. And that's where you and I have to get ourselves down to. Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. Look what it says here. Abraham, you got to figure this out, folks. He's 125 years old. Sarah's a hundred. And they still remember God promised them a baby. Now, folks, that looks impossible, doesn't it? Hundred-year-old women don't have babies. 125-year-old men don't father babies. 
But look what it says here. Against all hope. In hope, Abraham believed. Now we know Abraham blew it. That's why we have the son of bondage and the son of promise. If you read in your Bible a promise, did you know that promise is for you? And if God promised it, he'll do it. It wasn't for then and there. It's for here and now. That promise is for you. God made Abraham a promise. And God doesn't change his mind. He's a man of his word. He doesn't go back on it. Abraham has been believing God for all these years. And look what it says here. Against hope, he believed. It didn't make sense. It wasn't logical. I don't understand this, God. You promised. Where is it at? Look what it says here. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that it was impossible for it to happen. Look what it says there. His body was good as dead. Sarah's body is good as dead. It says 100 years old. I'm sorry. When the promise was given. 125 when it came to pass. He said, God, what, what, what's the deal here? His faith didn't weaken, even because it, even though it didn't make sense. It wasn't logical. It is impossible. You know what my Bible says? What man says is impossible is possible with God. See, living a life of faith doesn't care about circumstances, doesn't care about situations, doesn't care about what's going on or what's not going on. He says, God, against hope, I'm going to believe. And I am not going to allow my faith to be weakened because I know, God, that you have promised in Romans 12, 3, that you're going to give me the measure of faith. And look what it says there in Hebrews or Romans 4, 20. It says, he did not waver through unbelief, but God strengthened his faith. Luke chapter 17. It's not in your notes, but you need to write it down, folks. Luke chapter 17, verse 1 starts out with offense. It says, folks, you're going to live a life. This world's full of offense. And it's go- you're going to get offended. Just mark it down. Stop whining and crying about it. You're going to get offended. I got one amen right back here. Thank you, brother. Well, you don't understand. You don't understand my... Stop whining and crying and know what's going to happen. And then it says here, I love the way God writes. I love the Word of God. You know, it says, let me me take you out of the world, put you right into the church. If your brother sins against you seven times, forgive him. And let it go, let it go. (laughs) 
And then the disciples were sitting in the church. And they said, oh, God, increase my faith. How do I do this? The only way you can, through the faith that God gives you. Through the faith God gives you. And then once again, you look at this in the sixth verse. He said, you know what? If you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, it doesn't take an increase of faith. It just takes God's faith. And where do you get faith? From God. Folks, we can get caught up in everything. The Bible says, Abraham believed. Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step, a step while faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes. Faith answers, I. A true story. In a cotton factory, there was a sign that read, if your threads get tangled, send for me. Signed, the foreman. Well, a new worker got to work that day. And as hard as she tried, the threads got tangled. She tried to clean it up and it just got worse. She tried to do it more and it just got worse and just got worse. And all of a sudden, in the last ditch of desperation, she called the foreman. And she said, sir, I, I, I tried by myself. And the foreman said, why didn't you follow my directions? And she said, I did my best. And the foreman said, no, you did not. Remember, doing your best is calling for me. Ladies and gentlemen, the foreman has written. And he signed it with his blood. He said, you're struggling, you're having difficulties. Faith is hard to walk. Yes, it is not impossible it's very doable but without the foreman well i've tried my best god said no your best is knowing call for me where are you today you having a struggle living this life called faith i hope i did a halfway decent job bringing it together. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this. What does it mean to live a life of faith? But maybe you're having those struggles. As the music's playing, I want to just open these altars. Because, folks, doing your best your way doesn't take care of it. When we do our best His way, which is calling for Him, yielding to Him, being persuaded of him. I like to say it this way. Then, when you do your best, he does the rest. Where are you at today? Where are you at today? Go ahead. These altars are open. If you're going through... Struggles, difficulties, trying to live this life. God said, I'll meet you right where you're at, but you got to meet me.
you got to let me in the driver's seat. You got to let me take the wheel. Just quickly, all over this building, before we change the order of the service, I ask you to do this one thing surrender all. You got to surrender, church. The only way that we ever become the man, the woman that God called us to be, a man or woman of faith, is because to God, I'm going to live your way, your will, through your word. When I don't know the answers, I'm going to go to you for the answer. I'm not going to go to psychology, psychiatry, or any other kind of tree. I'm going to go to you, God. I can't do this life without you. If you're here and you're wondering, why am I struggling with this? Why am I struggling? First and foremost, your flesh does not want to serve God, does not want to please God, does not want to yield to God. And so when there's things that you do not understand is happening, why? Why am I being offended? Because we live in this world. But it's in the church. If they offend you seven times, 70, forgive them. Move on. But God, you've got to increase my faith. This is impossible. What's impossible with man is possible with God. God said, I've given you faith. Live it. Walk it. Yield to it. As the size of a mustard seed, it turns into a a huge plant. So huge, all the birds can nest in it. That's the faith God wants to build in your life. In my life. But it takes a life of surrender. It takes a life of surrender. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you, Lord. God, not by might, not by power. Father, but by your spirit. Lord, in Jesus' name, your grace truly is sufficient. God, we thank you, Lord, today for you helping us to walk a life of faith. Believe Let me just ask one more thing as people are still coming to pray. Are you here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? As we started off in this passage, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to God must first believe that He is. And then that He rewards those that diligently seek Him. I encourage you today to read Hebrews 11 when you leave this place and find out the gracious work that God does through faith and some of the difficulties 
that happened because of a life of faith. So I don't tell you, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I don't tell you that life's going to be a bowl of, of, of roses. I, I, I think that's an interesting analogy because if you ever grabbed a rose bush, you'll find it's one of the painful bushes. Life is not a bed of roses. You'll deal with the world. You will be offended. You'll deal in the church. People will offend you. And you'll cry out, God increased my faith. And God said, I will give it to you. I give you the measure of faith for every situation in your life. But it starts with a heart that said, God, I want to yield to you. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.